Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Woody Allen Adjacent, part of the Woody Allen Retrospective podcast that you are hopefully subscribed to. It's a new year, it's a new day, and we've got a very spicy one. James Daniel Walsh is my co-host on this journey. Sir, welcome back. This will be a, a very interesting discussion, I think. It will be. Before we get into it, on our last discussion at the end of 2021, we spoke about that movie Addicted to Love with Matthew Broderick and Meg Ryan. If you're watching this on YouTube, I'll put a clip to that discussion on YouTube card. Also, we've got our own playlist of all the other movies we've spoken about. We've got a nice collection of movies that are spicy, that are unknown, that are well-known, a nice variety of movies to discuss. And as you know, if you've been following this podcast segment or this project we're doing, I've had, well, I've got three tickets worth of movies to use, and this is my second one. And for this movie that I mentioned last month, the title, as you can see from this podcast description, is I well actually sorry, I'm taking James' job. I'm taking James's job that I give to him. James, what is the movie we're talking about this time? Oh boy. <laughs> uh today we are talking about the shockingly 2005 film I Am a Sex Addict by and I don't know if I'm pronouncing can you pronounce his name? Because I'm not entirely sure. It should be it. uh Kave Sahidi. Okay. Uh, directed by, written by, and starring. Kaved Sahidi, yes. Um, James, usually I ask your opinion at the gate, but before I do that, I want to lay a little bit of groundwork. Now, as I said before, this movie was my pick. This is a movie that is, I wouldn't say mired in controversy, but it's a controversial film because of the subject matter. Um, the director himself is interested me more recently because i thought this movie was a one and done for him but more recently he's had a tv series called the show about the show and it was interesting to see his whole film career he's he's a um, american film director he's always done quirky movies and he has a very interesting philosophy that we'll get into because this movie hits on one of his big philosophies in life about being honest so when i saw that he did, he's actually still continuing to work and he's very well well he's very well liked in indie circles directors like him he's an indie darling but in terms of success i would say he hasn't risen to much fame but this movie we're going to talk about uh you can't really get it on streaming you can buy it as part of a package of um his own movie collection which i purchased for the purposes of discussing it today, which I believe it's called Digging My Own Grave, which James yeah. actually helped me acquire because in the UK, I really couldn't get it. So we had to import it. I had to rip the movie. I had to share it with James. Now, I don't know at this point if we're going to discuss his other movies, but I'm interested in the director. I haven't watched this movie for a long time, probably over a decade. I have my... I just rewatched the movie yesterday. So I'm going to have a fresh opinion. I've, my opinion hasn't changed that much, but now I'll set the stage. You know where I'm coming from. James, as a fresh experience, you I don't believe you're aware of this director. Is that right? Yeah, never heard of him before you, you brought it up. Okay. So I put this movie in front of you. Didn't really tell you anything apart from the title, which 
you might assume some things. James, yeah, it's time for you to, you know, talk about the movie. Let's have that discussion. What did you think of I Am a Sex Addict? When I started it, uh, I thought it was really funny. Uh, the the first maybe half hour, I laughed. I not barely laughed, but I, I laughed pretty frequently during it. And then it started to get really uncomfortable. <laughs> and to me, the it was it's it's presented. It's it's autobiographical, mm-hmm. and it's presented almost like a documentary, but with. Uh, you know, recreations of things that actually happen. And it gets really personal with other people. And then, you know, shows like ex-lovers that he's had. And then shows actual footage of those people. There's parts where he's talking about the actors in it. Like he, he breaks the fourth wall and he, you know, here's the real actress. And I found out that she's a porn star. And at first I was like, oh, this is this is a joke. This is part of the and then I looked it up and I was like, oh no, she's a yeah, she's a porn star. And <laughs> yeah. did she actually lie about it? And then he discovered it. And if, if that's the case, clearly she didn't really want people to know that. And you know, there's another part where he's like the one of the actresses who's playing one of his exes. You know, one of his exes was an alcoholic. And it's like, here's the real actress. And by the way, she's an alcoholic in real life. And I'm like, that, that's got to be true because I don't think anybody would want you to fictionalize that. But that makes me uncomfortable that you're, mm-hmm. you know, showing us that. And what, what became really apparent, not only through the sort of fictional part of the movie, where he's, you know, recreating things that have happened to him. But there's a part where it, again, breaks the fourth wall, where he says, you know, in this scene, this actress is supposed to be giving me a blowjob. But the actress didn't want to do it. And then he cuts to, like, again, sort of behind-the-scenes footage, this actress looking really uncomfortable, and him saying, you know, well, why don't you want to do it? And I, I just don't want to do it. Well, can you do it anyway? And I was like, dude, no. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I'm, oh, man, yeah. Keep going. Keep going, like, James. <laughs> it, what became really apparent is, is that, you know, the whole thing is about this guy having sort of a fetish for prostitutes. I think that, you know, definitely that's one of his fetishes. But clearly, one of his other fetishes is making women uncomfortable. And... Not just sort of, I'm going to go up to a prostitute and, uh, you know, uh, ask her if she wants to, you know, suck my dick and then walk away. But I'm going to make this actress uncomfortable. I'm going to make my girlfriend uncomfortable. I'm going to, you know, he he's, he seems like there's something a little bit off with him. Mm. And uh, like he, he can't quite read that either he can't read that he's making someone uncomfortable or he's getting off on the fact that he's making someone uncomfortable either way it made me uncomfortable (laughs) so and the third option is that he doesn't care that's the third option is he doesn't care Mm. and um 
and it's funny because he sort of goes back and forth between his performance is really flat mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and after a while you start seeing also behind the scenes stuff with him and it's like oh okay maybe that's not a performance maybe that's just his him. personality yes yes like the way he talks to people seems very detached mm-hmm. and like he he can't quite understand why he's upsetting someone uh, <laughs> or he's doing it intentionally or he doesn't care and I, I can't really tell which do you know what you would find fascinating James if you he's done a lot of interviews written and um, with other actors and directors and there's this interview with him he's talking for a straight hour with a director and I can tell you one of the most surprising things is that pretty much he knows exactly what he's doing and it's a combination of his philosophy in life and the kind of narrative he wants to present which I'll get into in a moment but before don't I want everyone to hear this guy so what I'll do is I've got the trailer here I'll play it and then I'll interject with my opinion because my opinion on this movie has changed because when i first watched it back in 10 12 years ago i thought it was complete fiction i thought this movie was a mockumentary i didn't really research it and the way the film ended i thought it was more of a redemption film so i thought oh okay well the message is good so you know you know i'll just take it as a dark comedy only looking into the director more hearing his intentions seeing his previous movies and then understanding what he's trying to do is what really kind of blew my mind. So before I delve into that and illuminate the audience a bit more on what I'm talking about, let me play the trailer and then I'll talk about my thoughts on the movie, understanding the mind of the, the director a little bit more. Let's hear the trailer. Okay, we're ready to go. Ready? Hi. Um, Hi, my name is Kave and I'm about to be married. Um. My last two marriages fell apart because I used to have this sex addiction problem. For me, uh, it all started in Paris about uh, seven years ago. Actually, um, I wasn't able to raise enough money to go to Paris. So if you could just pretend this is Paris and that I'm 23 years old. I have this prostitute fetish. Hi, can I get in? How much? How much do you want to spend? Are you serious? Krista, I can't keep repressing my lust. It's not healthy. At first, it was enough just to talk to them. It can give them very much pleasure. And to fantasize about them afterward. But after a while, just talking to them was no longer enough. What's the problem? Oh, Hey, I've been waiting. I know, I'm sorry. I had a little masturbatory episode. I'd hoped that being completely honest would bring us closer together. But I had seriously miscalculated. Can I come down? One more time. I love you. I know. Just please go take a shower. Yeah, I, I'm going to cut the trailer short there. Um, uh, man, I always wanted to talk about this movie because I do see a lot of similarities. It's just, I'm just going to talk the f- about the film in a, a bit more of a superficial way, first of all. In terms of the way it's constructed and the way as a film, as an entertaining piece of media, how it was uh, projected to me as an audience member, I do find it entertaining. I do find him breaking the fourth wall, using animation, jumping back 
and forth. It's quite creative. And I think the documentary style he went for, well, maybe that's giving him too much credit. The movie looks old. It doesn't, doesn't look very polished. It looks very cheap. But mm. it gives the, this story a lot of re- more realness because at first, for me, it was funny. But then as it goes on and as he repeats the cycle of, of feeding into his desires, it becomes really uncomfortable, disgusting and frustrating. And then it becomes grating. Even like, what is wrong with this fucking guy? This is really crazy. And his desire to be honest. But anyway, let me before I delve into all that, as a movie, it's interesting. But I think for a lot of people, if they can't see what he's trying to do or listen to him, maybe after the fact. I've, I've read a lot of reviews on IMDb. People said they couldn't finish the movie. They just couldn't get through it because they saw it as a repeating cycle. And at the end, I think what he was, what it culminates to makes more sense in the guys of the whole movie. But it's a very frustrating thing to watch. But I appreciate the story. I think it's a good movie. But unfortunately, for what he's going for and the story... I just think, although I can see a lot of similarities with him going through, the, you know, uh, previous partners like Woody Allen does and Annie Hall, and being a narrator again at like Annie Hall, and a lot of a lot of people have compared him to Woody Allen for his self-effacement, for his dryness. Even though Woody Allen's more of a joke teller, where this guy's clearly not telling jokes; he's just being himself. Um, I find myself seeing this movie in different, not just as a movie, but this is his actual life. So it's very hard for me to kind of criticize the movie on a whole because it does good, but it's a guy's life. So I'm very conflicted. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I can see, you know, the, the, the box set, there's a photo in there from when he was a kid. And I guess, you know, he and his family were walking down the street and, they ran into Woody Allen, and he got to take a picture with Woody Allen. Really? Okay, I didn't know that. Uh, and he included it in you know part of the the book for the box set. But yeah, I can see the Woody Allen comparison. I can see also, like I felt like a little bit of John Waters mm-hmm. in there. The difference is Woody Allen and John Waters are both charming. This guy's not. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, and it, I, I got what you I get what you mean about like the repetitiveness of it, and and which which is addiction. Addiction is a repetitive, yeah. repeating cycle, um, and it escalates in the movie. It does escalate as well. That's the thing is I didn't feel like it necessarily escalated enough though to justify it being like the guy doesn't lose jobs the way other sex addicts do. The guy doesn't get arrested. He's picking up numerous prostitutes, and I'm waiting for that one prostitute who goes, I'm an undercover cop. That's what I was waiting for. That is true. That is very true. Also, they don't really, you know, he says he's a fledgling director that only gets invited to some indie screenings. I'm like, where did he get this money from? That's exactly what I was thinking. (laughs) This sex isn't cheap. (laughs) Yeah, he's flitting around Europe, uh, and picking up prostitutes and, and I'm just like, 
well, this must be nice to just have. I don't see him having like a job. <laughs> uh, in fact, at one point, he's like, you know, having a job that felt like it would be death to me. And I'm like, where are you getting your money from? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that didn't at all endear him to me because we've had that conversation before where, you know, the, the plight of the privilege doesn't exactly move me. But it didn't escalate in that he sort of just repeats basically the same thing over and over again. It's, I want to go more more than anything, get a blowjob from a prostitute, uh, even less than having sex with them. And it's like, I'm really tempted to do this. Okay, I'm going to go do it. And now I'm going to tell my girlfriend that I did it. And, you know, she's either, you know, sometimes they're upset, sometimes they're understanding. But even when they're understanding, they're really upset about it. And he can't pick up on that. And so he's just basically doing the same thing. Oh, even the, you know, he he, he has a, an another very uncomfortable scene. He's not sure about actually having sex with a prostitute. And then what gets him there is that she says, rape me. Yeah. And that gets him going. And it's like, oh, you know, like. And then at one point, like, he, he's telling his friend, like, I think to get over this, what I need to do is I need to go, like, Ooh, treat them like shit. Yeah. And just live out this basically rape fantasy that he's yeah. got. Yeah. And so I'm waiting, I, even if he ever did this, which I don't think he did, but if if he ever really crossed that line, he, he wouldn't have put it in the movie because it would be you know self-incriminating but in I fact think... he he turns that part to the more one of the most comedic parts of the movie where he decides to go and do that at a um asian massage parlor and mm-hmm. the person he's trying to do it with doesn't understand him so mm-hmm. it becomes this really awkward and you know it was kind of funny but at the same time very cringy and quite disgusting to hear him and it, it, it it's like I see what you're trying to do because it's deadpan. Like you said, the comedy in a Woody Allen movie, he tells the jokes. His dialogue is funny. He's got sarcastic lines and proverbs and insulting. This guy's got none of that. It's his purely his actions and the situation that are obviously over the top, but true. That is the funny part. But as you pointed out, if you look at the realism of the movie, a lot of this is curated. Like you don't see him going to work. You don't see him mm. getting caught by the police. You just you only see the same scenes, and I only well escalated before was the wrong term. It seems like he's trying to find a way to go more into his desires, at the same time not understanding that it's a problem or why everyone's got a problem with it. And that is um, what I want to illuminate everyone to. If you watched his interviews. He has this big thing about being honest and honesty and living an honest life and not holding back. He says it in the movie multiple times, like, why lie to yourself? Like, this is, again, it's weird for me to say spoiler for the movie, but it's a pivotal part of the movie. That part that James just mentioned about him getting turned on by saying he, um, the woman says rape to him, that gets him there, gets him off, and he finally has sex with a prostitute. He then goes home and tells his girlfriend the same thing, even though he knows that she was raped, which is arguably one of the most disgusting things I've ever seen. And tone deaf, 
And then he's like, I miscalculated. No. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I was like, that is not a miscalculation. That is a total disregard. And this whole movie, he continually is a slave to his desires. And on the one hand, it is frustrating and disgusting. But on the second, on the other hand, it's like you're getting to see this unabashed version or element that you don't see very often. And that is something I can respect as a filmmaker, him laying himself bare, because that is his intention. If you read his reviews, he wanted to unabashedly and unashamedly show all of his, you know, most flawed parts, which a lot of people, to my surprise, critics, other film directors really praise the movie for, which I think should be praised on the one hand, but it isn't easy to watch. It is disgusting. And a lot of people will hate the movie because you're watching this man child hurt people, hurt his partners and feed his own desires at the same time saying, what did I do wrong? What What's wrong with being honest? You yeah. know, and it's hard to watch. Oh, if this guy were more well known, he'd have been me too'd by now. But um, <laughs> no, the, the, you know, it's, it's funny, this just popped into my head as far as like somebody being unabashedly honest about something awful. And that is, do you remember like a few years ago, Liam Neeson did an interview? Oh yeah, the racist interview. I killed yeah. a black guy. I wanted to I wanted to kill him. It was a black yeah. guy. It was yeah, it was it was in the UK. I think he said yeah. that um one of his friends, his female friends, was raped by a black guy, and he just wanted to attack the first one, he was so angry, even though now he knows it's wrong. He came yeah. out and said he was so angry, he just wanted to attack and kill the first black guy he saw. Anyone that would just fight with him, he wanted to engage. And he came out and admitted that flippantly on an interview. And then obviously he got cancelled and he came on and did this big interview. I'm not sure if it was on Oprah or if it was on another talk show, but he had a, this thing where he came out on an open stage and, and do that. And funny you should bring that up. Because that's the question. If if someone's completely honest about a massive failing on themselves, should they be praised for coming forward and outing themselves, or should they be strictly condemned? Well, that's the thing. I mean, when, when I started thinking about the, the Liam Neeson thing, because I, I saw the interview where he initially talked about it, and he did, he did say, you know, if it had been uh, a German guy, he'd have gone out looking for the first German guy yeah. that, that he could beat up. And... I'm watching this and I'm watching somebody be so shockingly honest about, uh, and he was, it was, it was like, I think why people thought, thought it was sort of flippant was he was doing an interview for some movie, some stupid action movie that he, he was doing. And it's like, well, this is, feels like a weird place to bring this up. But I thought afterwards when everybody was like going at him, I was like, this is somebody who is being so honest about something that no one else would admit. They might think it. Yeah. They might have actually gone out and had that same feeling. And if we can talk about this thing, if we could sort of discuss why did he feel this? Because that's, I think, what he, he was like, I know it's wrong. I, I feel yeah. awful that I thought that. Um, and I, I kind of admired him a little bit i was like that is a hard thing yeah. to to cop to yeah however <laughs> uh in this case uh when it comes to uh, uh i forget again cave 
Yeah, Kaveh yeah. uh, Zahidi. Yeah. Yeah. This felt somewhat exploitative in that he's making a movie that he wants to sell, and he's he's kind. It's it's a comedy, and he's presenting it as a comedy, and it felt exploitative to me. It was like, yeah. on the one hand, yeah, it's him being brutally honest and not he's not like you know uh this girlfriend of mine was awful because she couldn't accept that i wanted to go out and have sex with a prostitute he's saying like yeah this was this was a failing on my part but without really while at the same time profiting off of the fact that this happened and he did these things when liam neeson did it it was sort of like I felt like he he had to have known in that moment that he was like, I could be destroying my career right now. But I'm going to say this because I think it's important to start a conversation. This didn't feel like it was... Uh, and I, I, I will compare it to this, and I can't remember the name of the movie, but there was a movie that came out like 10 years ago with Gwyneth Paltrow and uh, Mark Ruffalo, mm -hmm. where Mark Ruffalo played a sex addict. And I got about halfway through that movie where I was like, this movie's bullshit. This is such glossy Hollywood crap. Yeah. And I I was, Josh Gad is in it. <laughs> and uh, I, I, I hated it. I just, I stopped the movie because it was making me angry. This is a better movie than that was. Because this is honest about what a sex addict would do and think and how you would behave. Like I said, the fact that it is repetitive is what addiction is. Yeah. But without that escalation where he ends up losing everything and, you know, he, he maybe one of his, again, he's going by what actually happened to him and what happened to him really wasn't a lot. It was, I ran through a couple of girlfriends and uh, I guess I hurt them, but, you know, I didn't, he didn't lose his, I think he had a scholarship at one point to a film school. He didn't lose that. He never got arrested. He didn't go broke. He didn't, you know, uh, uh, miss an important job interview because he had to go jerk off first. These things that, uh, that when you see him in the scene where he is actually attending a, a sex addict anonymous group, these guys are talking about how their lives were ruined. Yeah. And he's just sort of like, well, I guess I screwed up a couple of times. And I'm like, maybe your story isn't the story that really deserved the title. I am a sex addict. That's a very fair comment. I can't disagree with anything you said. I'll go back to a point you made because when he did show the outtake of him saying, you know, I asked her to do this scene with me where she gives me a blowjob and she didn't. And here's that part which I'm like, why did you choose to have that in there? Because obviously he got a permission because all the actors are cool with him. Like he shows even the girlfriends are exes. He would say that we don't talk anymore, but you know, he's a picture and apparently he got permission to use that. But why did he choose, especially when you said he says, do it anyway. I mean, I'm like, look, if that was meant to be really funny, that was a fucking fail. That yeah. was not funny at all. In fact, as you said, you can see why someone would find it exploitative that you, you're right. She's aware that you, maybe she thought it was funny, keep it in. But 
because he's so deadpan, it can be easily be misconstrued. And it was. Well, here, and just to interject real quick. Yeah. That is sex addict behavior. You know, it's that, that moment of him saying to her, can you just do it anyway? That's a sex addict. He's, he's wanting to have her simulate uh, oral sex on him. And when she says no, he's just kind of desperate for her to do it anyway. So it is him, I think, out of control. At the same time, I've never been, uh, I've known plenty of addicts in my life, and I've never taken it as an excuse. You know, like, well, I'm an alcoholic, and that's why, you know, I, whatever, stole from you. Or I'm a drug addict, and that's why I, you know, uh, it's like, okay, well, the fact that you did this, um, the, the fact that you're an addict isn't my problem. And so I'm not going to let you make it my problem and good luck to you. But, you know, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to participate in this. And I guess the fact that he is, he's presenting himself as completely out of control while at the same time, not really being completely out of control. He's just sort of making people uncomfortable and not really having much in the way of consequences for it. This film makes me think a lot about a couple of friends. I've had friends in the past that say to me, you know what? I always speak the truth. I never lie. I don't find a reason to lie. It's better to be honest with yourself, which is, again, it's a philosophy in life that even through all of his projects, he's a massive believer in being completely honest and to the point where not in an aggressive way like you know if if you lie i'm better than you whereas what's the point of lying if i'm if i'm honest then it's just better because if i lie it will come out in the end and i think being honest all the time or pretending to be honest all the time because i don't think it's possible to go around and not lie i just don't think it's possible and i feel like you're un- unburdening yourself like if i walked around and i saw someone in the street a beggar in my head i'm thinking get a job but i ain't gonna walk like hey you get a job or yeah. you stink or yeah. i hate you you're ugly fuck you and these are thoughts that go through everyone's mind random thoughts yeah. you can't go through life like that and in 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 this movie i was shocked to find out that wow this is really his life to the point where i believe the woman he married in the, end of the movie is his real wife i think that was his wedding ceremony and he was actually filming that yes. on the day which again in a way is cool but it's like dude that's your real life i mean this is kind of the amazing and exploitative and disturbing thing where it's like in the series, by the way, that I, I, that's more recent. It was, I think it just finished last year. It's called the show about the show, which is him trying to get a TV show. And his, and basically every episode is about the making of the previous episode. Again, it's very meta and he does it well. It's actually quite entertaining. It's not very long. It's on YouTube for free. So you don't even need to pay anything to watch it. I watched the first three episodes and I thought, this guy really is about that life. This guy really is living that way. And you can see to this day how it affects him. And it's just like he has a certain belief that is very, it's a very interesting way to live. And it makes for, it makes for interesting movie and TV show. But it's fucking crazy. It is kind of wild. And, you know, watching this movie now and knowing everything about the director and 
his philosophy in his previous movies. He's got a, a lot of movies and it's the same kind of concept. Weird but honest in these biographical kind of takes. He has this, um, this movie called The Sheik and I. Wow, that's a very... And that's just not even about sex or anything. It's about uh, uh, a religion, I believe, about a specific topic that he got a lot of shit for, a lot. And that, I think, actually, you can find a lot of interviews him talking about that. It's just a very... He's a very interesting character, a very inter interesting philosophy. And as a filmmaker, that makes him unique. And from the reviews I read, to my surprise, most of the reviews are positive from critics... And directors audience and the general joe blow joe blog or joe smith or whatever they think it's kind of narcissistic mm -hmm. and self-indulgent and just you know man childish and yeah. i see it straight down the middle i can see both sides and again this is one of those situations where you might want to separate the artist from the art but it's very hard in this instance because it's his life this is the story of his life these are real people but at the end of the day, at the very end, if you get through the end of the movie, he is trying to put, he seems to have learned a positive lesson from this. But in saying, you know, the people he, like when you said that, you know, we didn't see some of the more real elements and his partners. I know not everyone has the same, you know, everyone's different. Everyone has different experiences. Michael Fassbender did that movie Shame, again, about sex addiction really popular but you know that was a hollywood type movie with a hollywood type gleam on it and although it was dark and it went into it a bit more and it did destroy his life you know if you compare that movie to this one you might say one's kind of sugar-coated where this one's even more gritty but you know i, I i'm even getting lost in my thoughts on this one um i think this ultimately is a good movie I think it's a creative movie, but it's not an easy one to watch. I respect the director, and I think he does some creative things, but I understand a lot of people don't like him. A lot of people don't like the subject matter, all his philosophy on life, which I kind of disagree with myself. But at the same time, I can't deny that what he did here was different. It was interesting, and although it's low budget, it does stand on its own as something that stands the test of time for its brashness i guess and he's a very meek fugly <laughs> quirky director but he's bringing something different to the table so look i liked the movie the first time i watched it because i thought it was fake knowing everything yeah. i know now i find it a lot more questionable but in saying that i'm like that's just because I don't agree with his ideology. But mm -hmm. I do like the message of the film, ultimately. I just think maybe if Woody Allen did this, it would be a lot more actually funnier. It mm -hmm. would have more jokes. And it probably wouldn't be as repetitive and a bit shorter. Yeah, if Woody Allen made this movie, especially with the things that went on in his life, he probably he wouldn't have made this movie. But in his early days, yeah. in the early, early days, before Dylan, you know, in the 70s, I could see him doing something like this in one of his early, early, early first five films. And I could see Woody Allen making this work as an early slapstick comedy. As for um, Kaveh Zahidi in the early 2000s, this movie was kind of um, 
controversial, still controversial to this day. Oh, and lastly, before I let you say your last piece, James, or however you want to continue, James, I I went on YouTube to see a review of this. And there's a review of this movie by... So there's a channel called Film Threat, and there's these two critics talking about the movie, and one's a woman, and she mentioned the part of the movie, which I kind of writ off, but she said the worst part of the movie wasn't even any of his, uh, you know, um, disregard to the, not the arguments, not the con- continuous prostitutes. It's one little um, it's, uh, exchange, he says, where he looks at his girlfriend at one point and says, for the first time, I see you as like a, a person with thoughts and feelings. Mm-hmm. And she says she found that so abhorrent and disgusting she couldn't continue watching the movie. And I can see why that line, apart from everything, that he finally saw a woman. I think it was a woman that accepted, you know, his love for prostitutes. I think when he said that line, it was it was a really probably one of the lowest points of the movie. In that I didn't even I didn't think of it that way. But from a female perspective, yeah. I was like, wow, I could definitely see how this could be very triggered. There you go. <laughs> Very triggering for a lot of women. But anyway, James, my mind's getting all jumbled up. Let me let you go on and say what else you thought about the movie. Well, first of all, just to follow up on the Woody Allen thing, uh, he could have made that as a slapstick back in the 70s, but I also think 90s Woody, like if you looked at Husbands and Wives and Deconstructing Heron, both brutally honest movies. True. He could have done it in a, a more serious, still kind of comical way, but he could have done it more uh, a more serious way. But uh, I'm going to tell you a little story real quick. Go uh, ahead, man. Go ahead. Back probably actually around the time this movie came out, I was working on a film project, and there was this uh, Australian singer who was living in L.A. I was living in the L.A. area, and she did a song for the soundtrack. And she said, hey, it's my birthday this weekend. Why don't you come on up, uh, you know, come on up to my house because I'm going to have a party. So my buddy and I go up there. And it's this beautiful house in the Hollywood Hills. And sign in the front says, go around back. So we go around back. The first thing we see is this woman uh, standing by the pool and she's painting she's got like an easel up and she's painting and like the Mm. party is sort of going on around her and uh she's just sort of standing there painting and we go in in the house and there's uh you know some guy playing guitar and there's this other guy in the corner and he's reading his poetry while people are sitting around and, and uh listening to it and you know my my friend and i we sit down on the couch and uh he looks over at the guy next to us and he says, uh, so are, are you an artist too? And the guy looks at him and goes, aren't we all artists? And my buddy looks at me and goes, let's get the fuck out of here. And we got <laughs> up and we left and we went to a bar and we <laughs> we actually ended up at the bar. If you've ever seen the movie Swingers, we went to the bar where there's the, uh, the horrible nightclub act. Oh, yeah. And yeah, yeah. we hung out with them that night. But the point of my story is I fucking hate pretentious people. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, there's a fine, fine line between like, and you, you, people will say, well, you hate pretentious people, but you watch the Woody Allen movies. 
there's a very, very fine line where there's a difference between kind of pretentious, but really, you know, like Woody might talk about uh, Truffaut, but he does so in a funny, entertaining way. And there's nothing wrong with liking Truffaut, and there's nothing wrong with liking, you know, uh, going to, to European countries and looking at art and liking jazz and all these things that are kind of pretentious. And then there's that line of, well, I'm an artist and, uh, you know, my, my work really represents my life. And doesn't it represent all life? And that's when I go, fuck you, I'm out. <laughs> and that's what I felt from Kaveh was just like, I got this feeling of like, if I were around him, I would not like him. And at first, like I said, that first half hour where I wasn't really sure what I was watching, I laughed at certain things. There's a part where he's talking about how he flagellates himself over the, over his desires, and then it shows him up on a cross. And he just looks at the camera and goes, can I get down now? <laughs> and that made me laugh, and some of the stuff made me laugh. But the more that I started to realize, holy shit, this is all real, <laughs> the more I started to just go... Uh, okay like really a after that scene where he he asks the actress to just can you just do it uh that was when i just i don't like you anymore i'm not rooting for you yeah. anymore <laughs> um because this isn't something it's not like he's telling a story from the past and he's recreating this moment where he did this thing that he should be embarrassed by this is behind the scenes footage and like I said, when I looked into it afterwards, I, I thought, you know, I hired this this actress to play my ex-girlfriend. It turns out she's a porn star. But she didn't tell me that in the interview. And I'm like, oh, that's that's funny. You're making up a thing. And then I look yeah. at it afterwards and I'm like, no, that's that happened. Yeah. But especially once it gets to the part with the girlfriend who's an alcoholic, because oh, yeah. it almost feels like he is driving her towards drinking. Yeah, like she oh. is reacting, and that is never addressed. It's never addressed, like where he's like, I felt really guilty because I think you know she felt really bad about my behavior, and that's why it was just sort of like, no, she had a problem, she was an alcoholic, and I'm mad at her about that. And, and it's obviously, like, I didn't want to say too much, but you know, there's a tragedy there as well, which I was, yeah, surprised that I forgot. I'm like, oh, are you fucking serious? Because that's when yeah. I realized. The first time I watched it, I'm like, that is not a joke at all. That actually yeah. happened. And then when I watched it again, I'm like, you got to be... F and then obviously he, he says it in a sympathetic voice. Well, he says it in the same droll, slow, soft voice. He's got a very... He's a very soft-spoken mm -hmm. man. So... And he just says it and moves on. And I'm just like, that... Yeah. Alone, a lot of people would walk away from the movie like, fuck this, I'm out. Well, and, you know, you were saying that he would have got... He got permission to use the uh, the actual home movie footage of the, the real people. He asked, because there was a lot of backlash for this movie, James. There was a yeah. lot of backlash. You can go online. He's spoken about it multiple times. People always... There's a... I will link in the podcast description a one-hour YouTube interview he did talking about this. He is heavily criticized continuously for... Again, you can't call them antics because this is his personality. He just has a very strong belief in honesty, but being honest is fine, but he has this thing about 
it just seems unnecessary to add certain yeah. things in where it's kind of like, dude, this just seems like, what? why? That part bothered me because I, I figured that the rest of them, I'm like, he had to have gotten permission to, to show this footage. But then that woman is not around anymore to yeah. give permission. Yeah. And it seems a bit tasteless. It does it seem does. a little bit like, dude, man, come on. I know it's not, the two are not related because obviously he didn't cause that to happen to her per se, but it just feels like he didn't help. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it just feels like it shouldn't be mentioned or, but I understand why he used that because that was, that wasn't even his breaking point funny enough, but no. it was such a, for me, that was an escalation seeing him try to find someone that would help him with his cravings. And then even this person who's cool, who's like, Hey man, do you, do you man keep doing you? And then the scene where they're driving the street, sees a posh, you like, hey, go back, go back, man. And he's just talking to them, and then he's completely forgetting about the person in the car. Mm -hmm. And then later he's like, hey, I just want to bring up, like, I ain't being clingy or nothing, but a lot of women wouldn't sit there and, you know, let you just forget they existed while you're doing your thing in the fucking car. But, you mm -hmm. know, I just want some appreciation. You can do what you want. And then... The funny thing is, I have to bring this up because same same conversation. He's like, I can't believe she was so cool and then she brought up something to show she has boundaries. Then she's like, yeah, just don't fuck in my bed. And he yeah. was like, wow, I was kind of disappointed because I thought that, you know, for her, it was all, everything was on the table. I'm like, motherfucker, come on! Yeah. I'm like, come <laughs> on, man! Come on! I, I'm at least glad that what I thought was going to happen didn't happen where he crossed that line anyway, because he, he thought, Oh, I'm not supposed to do this. Well, I don't, I don't and, and there's a lot of like, you know, I, you know, I couldn't help it. I couldn't help it. I couldn't help it. And it's like, <laughs> and then when there's another girlfriend of his who she fools around with somebody else, that's, that's hilarious. And he gets, jealous of that and it's like oh eh. uh, that's i'm just thinking yeah here's another like again it, it, clearly this is his life so this probably never happened although his whole life well i'm always honest i'm thinking bitch you have probably left a lot out that you yeah that, yeah 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 you definitely. Know, but um it, in another movie where you know a sex addict is addicted to uh prostitutes it could have been he's reckless, he doesn't use protection, he goes home to his girlfriend, and she ends up with some sort of uh, venereal disease or something. Yeah. yeah. Um, again, it's just that, like, the consequences for him are all, well, I had to find a new girlfriend. Because that's how he kind of presents it, is he yeah. doesn't present it as my relationship ended and I was devastated. He presents it as my relationship ended and I had to go find a new girlfriend. I never got the feeling that he transcended that like moment of where he says, you know, I saw her as a real person for the first time, or I saw a woman as a real person for the first time. I never got the feeling here, you know, I, and I'm sure his wife was okay with, Hey, you know, on our wedding day, I'm going to record this monologue before I go out there. And then I'm going to record our wedding ceremony. And I'm going to put that as the end to my movie. I'm sure she was okay with it. It's not like she, he yeah. was sneaking around doing it, but yeah. 
I'm just thinking you're still using women. You're just doing it in this, well, you know, my art is my life kind of a way. This pretentious bullshit kind of a way where it's like, <laughs> this is your wedding video? <laughs> and... and I you know I don't know because the, the Wikipedia page that I was looking at it it talks about his career but it doesn't talk about his personal life. Yeah. I cannot imagine that he's still married to that woman. He is, and um, they argue in the oh. in the new no in the new series. Sorry, in the new series, the show about the show, which the Wikipedia should say it's a kind of a sequel to this movie, the show about the show. He watch you do. They argue all the time. He isn't he. His philosophy gets him in trouble with women who even seem accepting at first but over time you know to each his own listen you always i think that um a certain person personality sometimes attracts like you might find someone that is similar to you in your beliefs and your personalities you know whether you're in film and obviously even in this movie he found someone that was cool with you know sex life and prostitutes and maybe this woman you know before they got married this is third wife i think before they got married she knew everything. She knew the movie was coming out. She knew his sorted past, his prostitution addiction, all that. She knew it all. But eventually, it gets to a breaking point. I think they got kids, by the way. Oh. <laughs> eventually, it gets to a breaking point where it's like, I just don't agree. And, yeah. you know, I again, I completely agree with you. But I do think that he's finding people that are very similar to his belief system. And that's what's going to happen with some people. So I don't feel sorry for people who get together with people no. that you know that you know what you're getting into and these women because he's honest again he's he is honest. honest so he tells them who he is what he's about they get involved and i think his life by the way his life is about film and it's yeah pretentious sure no doubt because he one of his movies he did a um before youtube and blogging i think back in 2000 he did a video a day a video i think 15 i think the movie's called my life in the bathtub i've got it as part of his movie collection he used to do a vlog a day for 15 minutes and he turned it into a movie and i think that movie um part of the clip is that even in 9 11 even when 9 11 happens as part of the movie as well um he's always been this way this is a part of who he is and i'm sure there's plenty of people that find him just insufferable and potent yeah. pretentious and you know holier than thou and just weird and if you watch this interview on YouTube, he is who he is. I mean, he, the wife has to be, because, you know, it shows footage of their actual fights. And yeah. there's one point, you know, where he's, she's talking on the phone to somebody and she's just bawling her eyes out. And she's like, he's still filming me right now. Yeah. <laughs> and this I'm watching that, And I'm thinking to myself, and again, I, they're still together, so she must have okayed for this stuff to be in the movie. But I'm just thinking to myself, you know, it's it's what you were saying about, like, it being self-indulgent to say, I never lie. What's the point of lying? Um, there's also just omitting certain things, yeah. you know? there's He, he shows up at, to, to see a, uh, his girlfriend, who is not okay with any of this stuff. And he says to her, you know, I'm. If you hear hear it in the trailer. I'm so I I'm sorry I'm late. I have a little masturbatory uh, situation, <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, or you say, 
I was getting gas, which was what he was doing <laughs> when he sees the woman that triggers this. And I'm just thinking, just, I was getting gas. Just, you don't, it's still the truth. James, <laughs> let me, let me, let me give you another scene and then we'll kind of wrap this up because, I, you know, we, this movie provokes conversation, even what, nearly 15 years later, with a show which is, again, in the same theme as a lot of, he is just not afraid to talk about anything, even in this show about the show. The sh- I know yeah. this is like a double review because now I'm talking about his YouTube show, the show about the show, because in that show, it's about the movie industry, the TV series, what it's like to get a TV series. He goes to the producers and them turning them down. And again, he's filming everything just like he does in this movie. And it's just like fascinating, frustrating, and I guess borderline pretentious, but in that series, the YouTube one, he's actually got some stars, some Hollywood stars in there helping him. So he is um, still light. There was something else I was going to say, but now I lost my train of thought. So I'm just going to um, kind of wrap up and say this. There's a lot of films about sexual addiction. Funny enough, and here's a plug, a shameless plug to my own YouTube channel. One of the early videos I did was on a movie by Lars von Trier called Nymphomaniac. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Volume 1 and 2. I've reviewed both. And again, this is about sex addicts. Shame, sex addicts. A movie that people have asked us to talk about, Don John, which is about porn addiction, not about a sex mm-hmm. addict, but I guess they can be argued in the same vein. You know, this is another... And uh, Sorry, even the Samuel L. Jackson movie with Christina um, Ritchie, Black Snake uh, Moan. Black Snake Moan, yeah. Yeah, has an element of sex addiction in there as well. You know, this is another movie you can throw in in that realm we spoke about bliss as well which was more to do with sexual assault more than sex addiction but i mean i find movies that deal with um sex and human nature and sexual elements to be quite fascinating because they explore a part of the human condition which is really interesting and you know sex is a big part of all of our lives but sometimes it can rule our lives Kaveh's Zadzadi, as this film goes showing this part of his life you know he exposed himself as a very peculiar character, you know. And again, I'll say it again. I appreciate his brashness, his honesty. I do. But, and I'm sure there's a lot, I'm sure we've learned a lot about addicts through, addicts through watching this movie. And even all the movies I've seen after that there was sex addiction, this movie is special in him and his honesty and his philosophy, which makes this film, film unique and has a whole package I think it's a unique movie, but not an easy one to watch. We've spoken about how we feel with the animal attack at it. And I'm glad I brought it up. I don't really, I'm, I'm, I'm still conflicted about the movie, but I will say this. I don't regret watching the movie. I appreciate the movie in its own right. And um, the director, I will speak about him again on his other movies, but I'm just going to do that on my own YouTube channel just because He's a he's a he's just he's just a weird guy. <laughs> he's just let me just see. He's just a weird guy who made this movie that has stood the test of time. Roger Ebert, you know, I think he plays the movie to us. It was refreshing and whatever. But yeah, guys, you can't find it on streaming. No. <laughs> You're gonna have to buy it or get it secondhand, which is not hard to do actually. But you can find. I think there's a YouTube. Well, this movie is quite explicit, even though things are covered. It's explicit enough that it wouldn't be on YouTube. I was actually curious because there is a sex scene where they sort of put a black box yeah. over. And I'm like, 
did they do that because he's actually having sex with this woman? Maybe. And, and that's enough—that's too real, isn't it? Is that not too real, James? I'm just saying, too, like, it was comical the first couple times, but this guy's O-face got old real fast. Yeah, that like, was crazy, man. <laughs> I was just sort of like, like... And I'm just thinking to myself while I'm watching it, I'm like, are you going to address the fact that it seems like you come within about 10 seconds? <laughs> And he doesn't complain too. There was one scene he got in the car and it was literally 10 seconds for 40 bucks. I'm like, that don't seem right. But <laughs> Oh, and it's every time. Every time. It's yeah. like, I'm just watching it. And again, the first couple times I'm like, oh, the woman has barely touched him. And he's already like, you know, in the, in the absolute throes of uh, ecstasy. And then after a few times, I'm like, what is wrong with this person? that this is happening i don't understand why would anybody sleep with this man like it, well let it, me let me ask you putting your criticism of him aside can you would you recommend this movie in any way shape or form just based on the content and narrative and the story he's trying to project out as far as a movie goes it is an interesting movie like i said it does start to get a little bit repetitive because the sex addiction doesn't escalate into something dramatic sure he's making something that really is it's almost sort of like again to go back to woody allen mm. it's like uh martin landau in in crimes and misdemeanors you know yeah. he 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 has his mistress murdered but nothing happens to him <laughs> like he even that's the point at the end of the movie he's sort of like well sometimes it's, you don't get caught and uh it's just this thing that happened in your life and then you move on. Yeah. This is the, the difference is that story was compelling and this one isn't to mm. me. It's interesting. And it's like, this is this guy's journey. This is what happened to him. But there are so many other people who have a sex addiction where the story would have been more compelling. It would have been more heartbreaking and it would have been more, reflective in that like i said you know especially when i'm i'm thinking about like the girlfriend uh who who is an alcoholic they don't establish beforehand that she's an alcoholic they, they do show her you know mm -hmm. they're constantly smoking weed or uh doing mushrooms together but it's not until she's they they go to that trip in europe and he's like i want you to watch me with a prostitute and all this stuff where she starts to just go out and get shit-faced constantly. And he doesn't take any responsibility for the fact that, you know, that this woman, he was just breaking this woman. Yeah. And, yeah, she's saying, no, I'm cool with it, I'm cool with it. But he at least is self-aware enough to where the actress was playing it the whole time. Like she really wasn't yeah. cool with it. I mean, you, you see it on the actress's face. Like I'm kind of disgusted with all of this, Yeah, but he, ne he never addresses it to where he goes. I feel bad for my part in what happened to this woman. It's just sort of this happened and then she gets drunk and now I'm mad at her because she's an alcoholic and we break up and oh, she died. You're right. You're right. And that's the thing is, you know, I, I'm a big proponent of you. You don't have to like your main character. 
Yeah. And the sometimes the most interesting characters are the characters who, you know, you're, you're stuck with Travis Bickle in Taxi Driver. He is a detestable human being, but you're stuck with him and you have to see things from his point of view and you have to understand him. I never really felt like I understood this guy. No, I, no, I no, feel no, like no. he doesn't really understand himself. <laughs> yeah. And so that's why to me the whole philosophy he has of complete brutal honesty all the time i'm watching it and i'm like you're not even being honest with yourself for a lot of this stuff he didn't understand that he was a slave to his own desires and he never no. saw a problem with it he just made excuses and to be honest with you he says he had a breakdown but if what happened between him and uh as i call it friend didn't make him break down i don't know what did because i yeah. Don't know what the break. I think the scene before he ended up in um, the AA, uh, sorry, not the AA, the sex at the essay, sex addicts um, group, yeah. was I think he basically was having a blowjob in the street where everyone can see. Yeah. It was just, and then that was his rock bottom. And I'm like, as a narrative, as you said, it should be more dramatic. It's that's not really, that's just you tearing like about to get in trouble, but we never see it because possibly, as you said, James. It just might not have happened. And mm -hmm. as a narrative part of the story, you know, it's not really the strongest turning point to then pivot into Sex Anonymous, you know. But I know we're nitpicking a little bit. Well, and, and I, I just, I, for me, I'm watching it and I'm thinking, you know, we bring up like other directors who who are, they, they do sort of more pretentious things. Like you, men, you mentioned uh, Lars von Trier earlier. Obviously, Woody Allen is the, the point of this. The whole podcast and uh, you know uh if you brought up like uh, uh werner herzog or mm -hmm. uh david lynch or john waters they're all kind of pretentious but each of them is a person that i would love to sit down and have a dinner with and just talk to them i would never want to meet Kave. <laughs> i'm not i'm not really interested in hearing about his philosophy i'm not really interested in the things that that you know he he doesn't feel to me like an interesting person his story isn't particularly interesting what's interesting about the movie is that it is so honest to the point of making you uncomfortable and <laughs> i've never had that i'll admit i've never had that experience before in a movie where i'm like this is honest to the point of i feel like one i shouldn't be seeing it like I, i'm watching something i shouldn't be seeing like it's a private thing but also it, it's basically somebody who it's like somebody who who has a private journal but then they get up and they read it in front yeah. of everybody and they're like actually could you come up and act it out with me yeah and you know that that's interesting like it's interesting to to see it would yeah. I ever, ever, ever go back and watch it again? No. <laughs> yeah. Would I recommend it to somebody? I would have to recommend it to somebody with like, I'd be like, if you've ever been raped, if you've ever, you know, had a had somebody cheat on you in this way, if you've ever, what you know, many, many caveats before I would say, watch this movie. I don't know who I would recommend this movie to per se. It's all I can say is this movie is an extreme depiction of a a very peculiar 
sex addict. A very honest and uncomfortable depiction of a sex addict that, again, you can put in the group of others Hollywood have made, but this one is a bit more intense just because of the way it is and the honesty of the of the actor director who again you know isn't the most noteworthy um creator and hasn't risen to fame not as popular as some other actors we've mentioned earlier in the podcast but you know this movie is his claim to fame which he himself isn't really i don't think you know this he's not really part of this movie he says he's actually he he said himself he had to hollywood down this movie He's, oh my god <laughs> yeah he said this is actually the watered down version this is not how he wanted it to be actually he said he actually just <laughs> i'd be shocked if it wasn't like like I, and again i don't i i don't know but i feel like are these actual prostitutes that he brought in to do this movie with him because if he's so dedicated to everything being so honest did he just go to a brothel did he just say, hey, I'm going to pay you not for sex, but to simulate sex with me and be in this scene? I I think, and maybe I'll, maybe I'll say this. I want to believe that the actors in this movie have the same belief system as him, which yeah. I find very, you know, hard to believe because he's a very special character. And I don't mean to be condescending to say that, but I just yeah. feel like, you know, sometimes he said his best friend is the um, also a producer on the movie as well, Greg. Again, yeah. real life friend. I was just thinking of this. <laughs> yeah, and I'm just like this guy. who was filming the um, opening shot, all of the you know the helping them do the narration, everything. I mean, I feel like they all like him. Like everyone who wants to help him, he's got a lot of help. He, you know, his current show on YouTube is um, it's a cable access show. They have an app and they just put his show on YouTube. Read the comments. People, he's very well liked. Even the distribution for the box that we bought, his his collection of films, you know, it was distributed. So he has got backing behind him. Maybe that, I know we've gone on and on, guys. Sorry. I know you might think, just fucking wrap up the podcast. Like, just let me finish and say this. Maybe that he's so honest and people just feel like, you know, this guy can tell stories and narratives i wouldn't we need to have this guy on i don't know if people in hollywood or these little labels are just using him because he's so i just use the word edgy i know it doesn't mm-hmm. saying the word edgy is like come on guys but yeah it's a bit cringe to say edgy but you know he's edgy in his own way and they're like you know what we need to fund this guy because he's he's working on the razor's edge of sensibility <laughs> mm-hmm. i don't know james maybe i'm talking out my ass I mean, I was just thinking of like the, that scene where he's telling his friend, who I think that was the, the, uh, Greg, yeah. where it was like, uh, oh, maybe I need to go to get a prostitute and like treat them violently and everything. And his friend's just like, wow, man. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, even I think that's the, the, these people might like him and they might maybe respect his honesty or whatever. But there's many moments in the movie where there's people who say that they respect his honesty and then they're like, dude, that is too much it won i think it won in um it won a minor award at sundance didn't it he, he got a couple of this film was a bit you know it, it won some awards it got a lot of notice he's getting support mm-hmm. well that box set is is pretty impressive as far as like the what the it is not a cheap box set it's not like a, a flimsy piece of cardboard they stick no. dvd cases in. that was a a 
really nice box set. You know, one of my favorite sayings in life is two things can be true. Someone could be a good father and a horrible person. Do you know? Mm-hmm. This guy, I like him as a creator, as a writer, as a person. I don't think just like I will like him. But I like him enough to A, buy that box set, B, talk about the movies. I will talk about the rest of the movies and just uh, as a summary of this guy and his you know, project, I actually want to go further and see what he's done because he is really someone that has we've spoken about this guy for nearly over an hour so obviously he's got our curiosity to a certain extent and um i don't even know what c is but yeah i will just you know I, yeah he's got my curiosity and he got a lot of his curiosity and i'm glad that i just i feel very mixed about this movie now but sometimes you know that's what i love about cinema i guess I, i'm not one of those guys actually it's for the, i should say this for the record, I know in the past I've said, "Oh, I'm, I'm a hipster, and I like hipster movies." To be honest, I'm not one of those guys that likes finding these indie directors that do these snuff films or crazy films. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm not. I don't have a lot of those movies as part of this filmography. I'm. I feel like I'm apologising now, but <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, every once in a while, I think we're going to get a few curveballs, and this is definitely one of. It's been one of them. And uh, I'll say this too, just to wrap up. I still like it better than I love you, Daddy. <laughs> that is still the worst movie we've watched on this. Yeah, uh, and and to me, actually, more uncomfortable than I am a sex addict. So uh, you can get cringier than this guy, and Louis C.K. managed to do it. So yeah, uh, but this was. Uh, I'll say this, I'm glad I saw it as an, as a thing that I can, like, I, I have a thing where it's like, I'll see a, a certain flavor of potato chip, or I'll see a certain flavor of whatever, and I'll go, that's probably not any good, but I'm curious enough to taste it. <laughs> and that's what I feel like with this, is I, I'm glad I saw it. I didn't particularly like it, but I'm glad <laughs> I saw it. And I appreciate you checking out james so yeah it's been a i really enjoyed the conversation um again i'll put all the links to everything i mentioned regarding cave in the description i don't even know when i'm gonna get i don't have the time to even do this big cave discussion that i wanted to but he has definitely got my curiosity because that movie i mentioned about the sheik and i i mean that was very that was probably even more controversial than this movie and he doesn't even... This is the thing about him that I'll finally say. It's not like he seeks controversy. It's just his personality and his belief system. It's kind of radical. I'm sorry. His honesty, his level of honesty is just kind of radical. And, you know, he's brave enough to put it on film. So then everyone's like, yeah, we're going to fund this shit because this guy's hilarious or this guy's weird or this guy's on the edge. Whatever it is. So, um, yeah. Cave, uh I forgot his surname. Yeah, it's uh, uh, I am a sex addict. That's in the bag now. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! And you know what's funny, James? That talking about that movie made me feel a bit exhausted. Uh-huh. And for our next discussion, oh boy! Yeah. <laughs> I don't. Want, it's not more of the same, but it's definitely. Um, that's a film. The next film we're going to be talking about 
is we're going to finally finish off the Before Sunrise Sunset by going to Before Midnight, the last of the trilogy of that movie. A heavy one for sure. And I'll have some updates on that movie because apparently there was many talks of a sequel to Before Midnight. But we'll get into that on the next recording. So guys, go and watch that movie. If you like our previous discussion on those movies, look forward to that one. Um, James, have you got anything else to say before we wrap up? Wrap up? Wrap, wrap, wrap up? Uh, no, I think we we exhausted this conversation, though I think it was a very interesting one the whole way through. But yep. uh, yeah, other, beyond that, I, anything else I could say about this would just be repetitive at this point. Sure, sure. So on that note, James, where can the people find you if they want to get in contact with you? They can find us at uh, at manic-expression.com, which, by the way, uh, I believe it is next week. It's the 25th. Is our 10-year anniversary. Hey, James, I don't know if this podcast will be out on that date, so I might have to apologize. <laughs> it probably will be because I got a, a week, right? I got five, Yeah, I got seven days. I tried to release it on the, the anniversary day, so maybe we can send some love your way. But congratulations to you. And I, I love being a part of, well, I'm still a member of Manic Expression. I just don't mm-hmm. post there anymore because, you know, I could post these discussions on there, but I don't think, no, nah, I'm not going to bother. But yeah, no, <laughs> congratulations, congratulations to you, James. Manic Expression, you created a great site. I know it wasn't just you. You had a whole team behind you. Um, yeah, congratulations, man. That's a monu- monumous, monumentous uh, achievement, man. So, American, talk talk a bit more about manic expression for those of those of those listening who might not know what manic expression is. Uh, well, it is. Uh, it's a site where you know you don't have to post on it as much as you did ten years ago when uh, sites like uh, like ours started because it is an aggregate site and uh, that's a thing that isn't as uh it's sort of a relic in that way but it is a a, it's a a community of people who are very supportive very uh uh interesting debates can happen there without ever having it descend into the kind of awful awful things that that happen uh, on the rest of the internet so if you ever want to go there and you know post your video and post your blog you might not get the most uh most hits that you'll uh, you get in other places, but you at least meet some nice people and have a interesting conversations without getting into a, a fight with somebody who's going to tell you to go kill yourself. Yeah, I I think it's a great place to um, just make new friends with a smaller community. You know, you can get lost in the YouTubes and Twitters and Facebooks, but you know, it's a good old fashioned community blog and video media sharing site where i made a lot of good friends as well including yourself so congratulations to you james on the decade anniversary so amazing amazing um you can find me at planet tyro but we've got that link tree link where everything that we mentioned is all in one link so you don't have to remember to click this click that click this click that it'll all be in our link tree link which i'll link below um but yeah with that said next time again we'll be talking about before midnight thanks for listening hope you guys have had a happy new year christmas break although we're at the end of january now and for our valentine's episode it's gonna be before midnight how apt is that huh you know they actually say there's like 
breakups rise more after Valentine's Day than um, people getting together. I, I think breakups rise more after people see before midnight. <laughs> that too. So on that note, we're going to get the hell out of here. Thanks for listening. Uh, don't forget to leave us a rating review on iTunes if you feel so inclined. And we'll see you on the next recording. <laughs>